0: Welcome to the Magic Mindset Podcast, the podcast for anyone aiming to live in and embody your highest self and explore your full potential. Let's uncover the bullshit so we can discover the absolute magic of being you. Hello and welcome back to the Magic Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Mayo, author of Not Another Diet Book and owner of Nourished, a coaching service that is dedicated to helping you feel amazing in your body and helping you thrive. This is a podcast that has been a long time coming and I'm very nervous to do it because this may not be for everyone, right? This may not be the podcast for you. We are going to talk about alcohol. So if you are somebody who never drinks or who very, very rarely drinks and has a great understanding on alcohol's impact on your body and your relationship with alcohol, this episode is not for you, (laughs) which isn't great for my ratings, but hey, guess what? That doesn't matter. That's not why I'm here. I'm here for you and to help you thrive, but if you are somebody who is understanding that your relationship with alcohol is not positively impacting your life, if you are feeling like alcohol is keeping you stuck, if you are feeling like alcohol is not something that you want to be regularly partaking in, but you are still regularly partaking in it, if you're curious of alcohol's impact on your body, on your health, on your wellness, on your weight, on all of those things, on any of those things, then this podcast is for you. I'm really not sure where to start with this episode, so I guess I'm going to start with my relationship with alcohol, which goes way back to well before I started drinking. <laughs> my father uh, was an alcoholic and eventually an addict. He struggled with both alcohol and with various forms of drugs, and so I was exposed to alcohol in a way that I can acknowledge that most people are not. But also, I don't know because alcohol has become such a quote-unquote normal part of our society. And when I think back on my childhood up until basically when shit hit the fan, up until around ninth grade, my father's relationship with alcohol would have been considered normal, right? He drank you know beers I don't think he drank every night I I don't remember him drinking every night I remember him like drinking at like parties drinking at the weekend drinking like when we would like go on vacation like you know he would have some beers and you know if people were over at the house if we we had a lake house if he would if we were at the lake but I don't remember him like drinking like some people say like oh they're functioning alcoholics or drinking every night I don't remember him doing that that's not to say he wasn't but it it I really don't think he was because I don't I don't remember that. He was just somebody who drank and you know when he did drink, drank a lot, but it was really never a problem until it was. <laughs> and honestly, I don't know how far I want to get into that story of, of what happened and when everything went down, but long story short, my father had a DWI. He got he he crashed our car and He was drinking. He was under the influence at the time. But then they also found drugs in the car. And so it turned into, as you can imagine, a whole thing. And that whole thing (laughs) carried on until, God, so I was a freshman. No, that was in seventh grade that time. So there was many times along the way. So that was when I was in seventh grade. And then things just kept kind of happening until he got sober when Evelyn was probably around... I want to say three and so there was a good period of about a decade of like shit just being like really kind of hairy and so obviously my relationship with alcohol is impacted by that because I saw firsthand what can happen to people who are not quote unquote addicts right he was not an alcoholic nobody would have labeled him nobody would have labeled him an alcoholic and then shit happened and it was seemingly out of the blue. Now we can look back and I can see like, oh, okay, that wasn't normal. That wasn't great. But again, if we were looking at it and if you were looking at my childhood and my father's relationship with alcohol, like what happened when we were growing up, most people, and when I say most, I mean most, most people would go, yeah, that's fine. That That's normal. And so that's kind of like where I, I start with this thing. Does that mean that I didn't drink? No, I was not. I remember my friends drinking when they were in high school and I didn't drink in high school just because I was scared of it because I, I was seeing firsthand what it, what had happened to my father and what it was doing to relationship with my mother, all of that stuff. But I did eventually drink. And although I was never somebody who was an alcoholic at all, I did not drink every night. I, you know, drank very much on occasion. I would have like a glass of wine when my daughter went to bed, maybe like on a Thursday night, but not, certainly not every single night. I basically only drank when she would go to her dad's house for the night. You know, she, her and her father and I broke up basically when she was born. And so she would go to his house, you know, one night a week, basically for most of her childhood. And so that was when I would drink. The problem is, is I was a really shitty moderator, right? I was all gas, no breaks, And so while I wasn't drinking often, when I was drinking, I had a really hard time of like telling myself no, which is obviously problematic for a lot of reasons, but I was young, right? I was 21 years old. That's Again, the normal, that's what people do. And so we don't look at it as, as problematic. I was just a 21-year-old kid being a 21-year-old kid. And that basically continued until I was around 27 years old, <laughs> which again, pretty normal. We see so many adults that don't drink that often or you know, do have a couple glasses of wine, whatever, but then every now and then drink a bit too much. I wasn't driving. I wasn't getting drunk and crying in bars. I wasn't making a fool of myself. I wasn't doing any of those things. And so it was quote unquote fine, right? Everything was fine. But if you read my book, you know how I feel about fine. Fine as a baseline is fucked. I am not here to be quote unquote fine. Um, I was just not liking how I felt. Eventually it got to a point where I was just not liking how I felt, the day after and i was noticing like oh okay i'm feeling really depressed i'm having a lot of anxiety like what is going on and this was really before like people were talking about the relationship between alcohol and depression and alcohol and anxiety but i just started to like intuitively notice like okay when I drink, it's not so much the hangover, it's how I feel, right? Emotionally. I remember I went to Vegas with a bunch of my girlfriends. And we had a great time. We were in Vegas, you know? But I came back and I was like in a deep depression for weeks. And I think, I know now, it was the amount of alcohol that I had in my system and like detoxing out of my system. Like it just really, really put me into an awful funk. And Kind of from then on, I would notice like, okay, my anxiety gets really, really bad, but I thought that was just something I was going to have to live with, right? I thought that was just something I was predisposed to and just a, a matter, which how many people feel like that? I can't tell you how many women that I've worked with who really feel like they have anxiety, they have depression, but they're also regularly drinking, and then when we get alcohol out of the equation, the depression and anxiety lessens considerably, right? Because that's what alcohol does to you, which we'll get into shortly, but I want to tie up my little bow, but basically, long story short, nothing cataclysmic happened. Nothing, there was no, like, awful event that got me away from alcohol. There was no, like, this was when I knew It was just kind of an inkling of this is not helping me. And when I met my husband, you know, he, thank God, is not a big drinker. And like I said, really neither was I. But that was like what I did when Evelyn was with her dad that one night a week was go out to the bar. Because what else was I fucking supposed to do? And so he was just like not as big of a drinker. And we would go out and I would like get like bang up drunk and be having a great time and he was like having like two beers and like just chilling and hanging out which kind of like opened my eyes to like oh you can do that (laughs) you can go out and like not have seven vodka sodas like wow what a novel fucking concept and I just didn't like that anymore I didn't like how I felt I didn't whatever and so just kind of got it out of my system and To be honest, I am skipping over a lot. I'm skipping over a lot of little things that happen personally that I just don't feel comfortable sharing like in this format right now and I'm skipping over a actual fuck ton of shit that happened with my dad that obviously made me a lot more aware of the effects alcohol could have on my body, right? That's not to say I won't talk about those things. I've been playing with the idea of maybe starting like a Substack and starting a subscriber only type thing. Not as a means to, I don't know, grow this audience, but kind of as a way to like filter out. And there's basically, long story short, there's a lot more I want to talk about, but I don't want to talk about without some sort of like boundary around it, right? Because people... Not everybody deserves to hear your story. And I don't think that is absolutely the case here. But like how anybody can listen to this podcast. Anybody can stumble across this podcast. I want to make sure when I'm sharing intimate details and details that have really affected and shaped Tram as a person – that it's with people who are gonna honor those stories. And so that may be coming if that's something you're interested in and like, and that would give me the ability to really dig into topics in a way that I just I barely scratch the surface on here because I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> I want to really be able to dig into things. So if that's something you'd be interested in, let me know. But basically all that to say like that's like the very high level overview of my relationship with alcohol and why I stopped drinking. There was no major reason, but there also was major reasons, right? It was not helping me. It was not serving me. And so that brought me to the place that I really got to by the time I hit like, you know, 28, 29, and absolutely 30, where I was just like not loving how alcohol made me feel and really wanting to get it out of my life. And now we're going to get into more of like what it does, right? Right? What does alcohol do to you? Well, we all know the basic. It makes you drunk. (laughs) But what we forget is that alcohol is a myopic agent. And, And what that means is whatever you are feeling when you drink, it is going to get bigger, which is why alcohol can be amazing when you're having a great day, when you're celebrating, when everybody's having fun, right? Like you're at the wedding, you're dancing, everybody's having a great time. It's a great fucking night. Perfect. But what about when it's not? What about when you're drinking because you had a bad day? What about when you're drinking because you're stressed out at work? What about if you're drinking because you're upset with your husband? Because your kids are on your nerves? Whatever. What is it doing then? It's making those feelings bigger too. And that's something that we tend to forget. And we can't forget that, right? So many people drink because they are quote unquote anxious. Because they're depressed. Because of these things. And they are the actual reasons why they should not be drinking at all. Because it is just making it worse. Alcohol is pouring gasoline onto whatever fire you are currently feeling. And so like for me personally, if I'm going to drink, I know I need to be in like the highest of vibration. I cannot be feeling any anxiety. And that's just rare. I'm somebody who deals with anxiety. I don't talk about it a lot because I don't want to fucking own it, but I've also worked hard to make sure that that's not something I'm regularly feeling, which is why I prioritize my sleep, which is why I never drink, which is why I exercise so regularly because all of those things are amazing amazing treatments for anxiety, right? Alcohol as a means to dampen your your anxiety is actually just making it worse. And I cannot stress that enough. Like it is making it so much worse. And it's not just doing it while you're drinking. It's doing it for the days after you drink. And so that is a main, you know, reason to kind of move away from it. But then also it's it's going to temporarily like mask the symptoms without giving you the ability to identify the symptoms. It's So basically what it's doing is it's clouding what is making you feel that way. It's clouding what is making you feel anxious or depressed, which makes it harder to identify and address the root of those actual causes. And that sucks. That, that sucks really bad. It's also going to mean that you're never going to get a proper diagnosis or treatment because what you're going to do is you're going to either do nothing, you're just going to continue on drinking and like that's going to keep your status quo, that's going to be your normal or you're going to get on medication and your medication is basically just going to be kind of cleared out by the alcohol. Like the things cannot exist together. Alcohol is affecting your transmitters. <laughs> it's affecting your brain chemicals That it's affecting your brain chemistry. It is affecting your... Your GABA, your, your serotonin, it's affecting your dopamine, and they all play such an important role in regulating your mood and, and regulating your anxiety. Excessive alcohol consumption, it's going di- to disrupt the balance of these neurotransmitters, and it's going to increase your anxiety to a level that is just to be blank, to it be blank. It, It's just going to fucking suck. <laughs> and these are all completely avoidable, if we just eliminate alcohol from our lives for a little bit. And so, while alcohol may initially provide a temporary sense of relief and relaxation from anxiety, it's not doing that on the long term. It, it's going to increase those symptoms when the effects wear off. And I don't want to continue going down like the science of this because. There's so many great resources on it. Huberman Lab has done an amazing podcast on the effects of alcohol. Peter T. has done amazing podcasts. If you follow Dr. Amen on um, Instagram, I highly encourage you to do so. He talks uh, frequently about the effects alcohol have on our bodies, on our mood, on your irritability, again, your anxiety, your depression, all of those things. I highly, highly, highly encourage you to listen to them because – Knowing better means doing better, and once, you know, for me, once the blinders were off of of how much better I felt anxiety-wise when I stopped drinking, it was like, there was no turning back, right? It was a hard, I removed alcohol from my life, and I think I said, like, initially, like, I'm just not going to drink for a month or so, and then it ended up being two months and three months and four months, and, like, it just kept going, but it was like, okay, I can't, I can't go back now because I feel so much better. Why would I want to do this to myself? Give yourself an opportunity to see what you will feel like completely, completely clear. And then from there, you can figure out your relationship with alcohol. I want to jump off the anxiety subject of alcohol, but I also can't. <laughs> because another huge reason why people drink is Social anxiety. They are nervous to go into social settings. They don't know what to do at a party. They don't like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, I get it. I get it. I, oh, I was so shitty about this. I was, I'm embarrassed to even admit this, but I, you guys, I faked drinking for years because I was that nervous to tell people that I just wasn't drinking, right? Like, how embarrassing. So when I say I get it, I get it. Like, I used to go to the bartender and be like, look, Can you just give me soda water with a lime, but like in a glass that you would serve with vodka because I don't want them to know I'm not drinking? And can you tell the waitress to do the same? Like how embarrassing? How embarrassing? And my friends like started to kind of like catch up on it in some situations, but there were other situations where they just have no fucking idea. And I was just faking it, not faking being drunk, but like just acting like, yeah, I had a drink, but then whatever, which... All that to say, don't be like me. Like, just set the boundary. And again, your people, they'll get it. And if they don't get it, that is a 100% of them thing. That is 100% of them thing. That is something for them to look at and it is not your business to unpack. Like, don't even worry about it. I get that you may feel like, oh my God, it's going to be so weird without having a drink at this wedding. It's going to be so annoying or whatever. And again, it will be like you will see kind of how annoying drunk people can be when you're the only sober person there. If you've ever you know, been <laughs> pregnant in a bar, you absolutely know what that feels like. But that's even more reason not to drink, right? Like that was another huge reminder for me. I was like, okay, this is so weird to be here without drinking, but also how fucking annoying is everybody right now? And that would be me. How, I don't want to be that person. It, it is just strengthens your resolve to like, Okay, not do this. And no, I'm not throwing shade at everybody who drinks. No, not everybody who drinks is annoying. I've had some of the most fun nights of my life when everybody else has been drinking and I've been sober. That's happened many, 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 many times, which, you know, is not to say anything bad about drinkers. I'm still a drinker. I am not sober. I will never be 100% sober. I just very, very rarely drink. So I'm not like saying like, you know, drunk people are always annoying as a whole, but they certainly fucking can be. And I don't want to be that person, right? And you can have just as much fun when you are sober, 100% when you are sober. And if you're drinking to relieve your social anxiety, you're just putting a band-aid on that solution. You're you're just making something like you're placiating yourself. You're giving yourself a pacifier. Stop doing that. You're an adult. You do not need to do that. I'm going to Shut up with the effects that it has on your mental health, but like, I'm going to leave it with saying that alcohol dependence and alcohol use in any form is just going to exacerbate any sort of mental health symptom that you are feeling. It is going to worsen any mental health condition that you are feeling. And so it is essential to recognize that relying on alcohol is a coping mechanism for anxiety, for depression, for a bad mood, for anything. It is just keeping you in a vicious cycle that is ultimately worsening every single one of those symptoms. And so I encourage you, if you are dealing with anything, please stop drinking temporarily please. And if you need help, if you're nervous, if you're scared, like reach out. I And I mean that from the bottom. I'm sorry, I just scratched my microphone. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And I mean that genuinely because I know this can be scary to, to do alone. I will 100% be an accountability buddy to you because this is something that I know is so impactful. And therefore, I am so passionate about it. Going on a lot longer than I intended Um And I apologize for that. But like I said, it's been a long time coming. I've beat the horse of what it does to your mood and what it does to your mental state to death. I haven't even touched on what it does to your sleep, which is completely fucks it up. And I could end it up there and I'm basically going to end it there with what it does to your sleep. Yes, there's a ton of science behind it. Yes, we could go into why that happens, but does it matter? No. No. All that matters is it royally fucks up your sleep. And if your sleep is fucked up, everything else is fucked up, including everything that we just talked about. Why do you think it is so shitty for your mood and your mental health? Because it fucks up your sleep. But what does that also do? It fucks up your ghrelin. It fucks up your hunger hormones. It fucks up your cortisol. It fucks up all of those things as well. You know, I can't tell you how many times where somebody has been at the gym and they're either just starting or they've been coming forever. And then all of a sudden, there's a huge transformation in how they look and how they feel in their body and, yes, in their scale weight. And we say, what happened? What would you do? I stopped drinking. And these, again, are not people who are alcoholics. I cannot stress this enough. These are not people who are alcoholics. These are social drinkers at best and maybe folks who have like a beer or two at night or a glass of wine or two at night most or to some days a week. Alcohol, if you have any sort of body related goals, weight loss, fat loss, strength, muscle gain, any of those goals, alcohol is just going to keep you further away from them. I am not saying you cannot reach your body related goals while drinking. You can. It is just making it so much fucking harder, right? It is like saying, all right, I'm going to go take a five mile walk and I'm going to put on this. 50-pound weight Can Are you still going to be able to walk five miles? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to take a little bit longer and it's going to be a lot more uncomfortable with that weight vest on. That is continuing to drink while you have body-related goals. And this is like, we talk about holding on to our bullshit here a lot. This is the definition of holding on to your bullshit. And you need to be clear on this. You can say, I'm not willing to give it up. I'm not willing to stop drinking. Okay, then that's fine, right? That is fine. Again, you guys, I am not sober and I'm never going to be 100% sober. That, that is fine. That is not what I'm doing here. I was trying to convince anybody to stop drinking. But what I am gonna, trying to do is to make you understand what it is doing to your life and to your livelihood. And so if you're in a place where you're like, I'm just not willing to do that, that's fine. But be Honest with yourself about the effects that it's causing in your life. And don't blame other things, right? Don't blame other things. Don't say like, oh my gosh, my mood, my anxiety, whatever, when you're still drinking. Take responsibility for that. If you have body-related goals, understand that what you are trading off when you continue to drink is the achievement of those goals. You're, You're pushing it right off there. If feeling better in your life, in your skin, any of those things are important to you, Remove alcohol for a bit, just a bit. And I think that's the way to approach it. And obviously, I'm not speaking to true addicts, right? I couldn't have told my father, remove alcohol for a bit, Dad, because he was an alcoholic, right? He needs to have it in his completely removed from his life. I am not talking about situations like that. I am talking about people who were like me, basically social drinkers, and understand that alcohol is not helping them. You don't need to go into a relationship, exploring a relationship with alcohol saying, okay, I'm never, ever, ever going to drink again forever and ever. Amen. You can just say, all right, I am not going to drink for the next seven days. And then if you get to seven days and you're like, oh my God, I need to drink so bad, that's a huge sign that you need to go another seven, right? 30 days. I'm not going to drink for 30 days. If you get to day 31 and you're just like throwing Chardonnay down your throat, That is a good sign that you need more than 30 days. There's a good sign that you have a problem there. And I'm throwing myself in that bin. That's why I kept extending and extending and extending, right? Yes, I felt better. Yes, I liked how everything else was going better. But I still was like, well, let me just have a glass. And I recognized that was my bullshit at work. Recognize your bullshit at work when it's there. The longer you take away from alcohol, the more stronger you will feel in your relationship with it and what it is doing to you and the more clear you'll be able to approach it. And I, I kid you not, it'll have, again, I know I'm talking to a niche group right here. If you're in it, if you're still here, I cannot stress to you how amazing you will feel when you take it away. Even if you're somebody who only drank once a week, because for the large part, that's what I was doing. It is still going to make a huge positive impact on your life. And if you need help with it, please reach out to me because I would be honored to help you facilitate this change in your life because holy shit, will it just, it'll open up just really, really amazing things for you. And I cannot stress that enough. I'm going to go ahead and shut the fuck up because I've been going on and on and on. This probably deserves a follow-up episode because I didn't even touch my notes. on this, um, but I, I try to keep these short and sweet, so I'm going to shut up. Next week, we are going to go back into more of your regularly scheduled content and talk about gaining control and the magic of discipline, which, yeah, absolutely would also involve drinking less, but, you know, everything's related here. So I hope you'll join me. I hope this episode helps. And again, I can't state it enough. If you need help here, if you have questions here, if you're nervous please, you know where to find me. Reach out, I'm happy to hold your hand. I hope you have the most amazing time. I hope you have the most delicious week and I hope I see you back next week.